realized they couldn't take care of us. So they sent us out to Ontario, California, not Canada, but Ontario, California, <laughs> where some distant relatives, well, you know, can, I don't know if I can, well, it was my last service. Black people think, you know, everyone, if, you're, if you're close, it's like your family. So everyone's my cousin. It's like my 15th cousin. But, you know, that's what we call them, my cousin, my aunts, whatever. And so we went there, and I stayed with my aunt Stephanie Mohorn since I was uh, in second grade until the ninth grade, and that was probably, you know, a good seven years of, of stable living. Now her son and her daughter were there and her boyfriend were there, but I was there too, and she took care of me like her son. Um, and so I spent a lot of time with her my freshman year in high school. I was, um, she was having a fight with her boyfriend, and... And I remember, you know, she was really sick, and she was throwing up and throwing up, and, and it, it just like she wouldn't stop. And her son and her boyfriend were yelling and fighting and cussing. And I just remember yelling, shut up. Take her to the hospital. So we took her to the hospital, and the doctor was like, luckily you guys got her in there because she was really sick. Uh, something about blood platelets and things like that. And... Um, and so the doctor even went to go visit her. The doctor says, yeah, yeah, hey, good, good thing you guys brought her in. She'll be home in two days. Well, the next day I'm walking to school, and I get picked up, and we're in the car, and, and they said, Steph's dead. I said, what? You know, I, I couldn't believe it. And so we're riding out to uh, Pomona where some more relatives lived, and, and all this time I'm in denial. I'm not even crying because I can't believe it. They, the doctor said she'll be home in two days. And so we get there, and you see the whole family, everyone's crying and, and breaking down, and then that's when it hit me. She was really gone. And she was my second mom. I always called her my second mom. Uh, she took care of me for as long as my mom did physically. And so that was, you know, it was a challenge. And so from there, I went from, you know, to Steph's sister, Phyllis. She took care of me for a couple years. Steph's other sister, Tina, took care of me for a couple years. I went from high school to high school, landed at Ganesha High School my sophomore year, stayed there until I graduated. And there's some uh, Ganesha alumni. You probably don't want to raise your hand because it's kind of ghetto. <laughs> it's like it's a ghetto school, man. It's bad. It's a, I had, I had uh, what we have, physics? I had physics with Karen Bermayan. And she'll tell you, I, I used to go in there and say, Karen, wake me up if the teacher calls on me. <laughs> but anyway, Ganesha was crazy. And, uh, but it was, you know, I had some, built some great friendships there. Um, I'm sorry, I'm backtracking a little bit. I went to junior high with Julie over there. It's not Ryan anymore, but it's Reitmer. That was about as close as you can get to Ryan. But with the junior high with Julie and later on became disciples. It's crazy. But, um, but from there, you know, and then, you know, graduated and I was 18 and I was done. I was out by myself, cousin, me and my cousin, my cousin, you know. <laughs> we, we, we went and got an apartment in Colton. This is when, you know, uh, they were just building up that area. So we had a two-bedroom, uh, fireplace, you know, uh, refrigerator, all that stuff for $510 a month. Now, remember, this is like 96. So. <laughs> but we were staying there, him and I, and, and I've been on my own since, since I was 18. And then, you know, I became, in, in between all that, had a lot of crazy stuff happen. I'm not going to go into that, but... The thing is, what I'm trying to display is you're, you're my family. Um, like I said, I've been here with you all for almost 12 years. That's the longest I've stayed situated in one group of people. 
thank you for allowing me to stay. <laughs> I've had several roommates. There's Jerry right here. Jerry, stand up. That's Jerry right there. His wife, Patty, is getting ready to have a baby. Chris Allison that you saw uh, singing. We, we've been roommates for 10 years. Uh, almost 10 years. I, I had fake roommates back there with uh, Anthony, uh, Marcos, and Frank. I was never their roommate, but I was always there. I think it was a month I even paid utilities or something. I don't know. Did it? Uh, but throughout, throughout the kingdom, you know, th- there's been relationships and friendships. And, you know, there's nothing like it. And, and, and if I want to leave you all with, if there's anything I can leave you with is invest fully. Um, I think God prepared me to do that because the reason why I don't hold back from friendships and things like that is because that's, that's all I have. That's all I have. This church is all I have. I mean, I have my family. My mom is not doing drugs anymore. My dad isn't drinking as much, but he still is. You know, uh, but I have them. I have my other siblings. But honestly, this is, this is my family. When I went to Chattanooga, they asked me, will it be difficult to leave your family? I said, no, not really. I, mean, I love my family, but it won't be hard. The hard part is leaving the East. Uh, that, that will be, that's the hard part. And uh, it was really difficult to do that because, you know, there's, gosh, I, there are people, I'm, I'm looking at people that I, you know, I had you in Kingdom Kids. You're like seven. Now, now you're in the, in the teens. I'm just kind of scary. I've been there for a while now. You've all seen me get engaged and then break it off. And everyone's like, oh, no, no. That was a good experience for me. Um, I've, I've dated in the kingdom, which if you're visiting, let me explain to you. There is a difference between dating in the kingdom and dating outside of church. There's a huge difference. Cause, and, and, I, and I'll be open with you all. There, there wasn't a, a girlfriend outside of the kingdom that I never slept with. Not one. And that's the difference. Because in the kingdom, that's not what happens. It's about purity. It's about relationship. And most of all, it's about God. And so there's a huge difference, uh, especially for me. Now, I, I, we had a going away party the other night. It was, uh, it was incredible. I was overwhelmed with the amount of encouragement. So many people there. And I know about 40% of you there was for the food. Uh, <laughs> Another 20% of you there because you had nothing else to do on Friday night. But the 40% that were there, for me, I appreciate you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but we had a great time. And it's funny listening to what people remember. And I remember Chris, Chris Wildsworth sharing a story. And it cracks me up because I remember that. But I wouldn't think that would be something significant. He shared a story about he used to go to his football games and I didn't even know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just want to apologize right now. I'm sorry. Uh, he told me that was his first career touchdown or something that year, right? Or ever. That year. That was his first touchdown that year. He had just come off of a, a knee surgery, and he, you know, and he re- rehabilitated himself and got back on the field. And he get down there and scored this amazing touchdown. And it wasn't in the end zone or on the sideline you did that, Chris? Sideline. He, after he scored in the sideline, he came to the sideline did like this. And I remember, and I was burning hot, and I just ran down there, and, and, and I ran down there, and I said, Chris, stay in the game. And he shared that at the party. I'm thinking, 
out of all the times that we've had, <laughs> that's something he shared he remembers. And, and I'm saying that because those are the things that count. Those things that count. I mean, Tahiti was sharing about waking up at 2 in the morning and having me playing PlayStation at their house. When I was supposed to be studying for a final. <laughs> it's probably why, why I only got a 2.68. Just kidding. Me and Frank used to call it, the, you know, because they have the, the, is it the magna cum laude? Is that the, the magna cum laude? We used to call it the lottie dottie. That's it. The, the lottie dottie is a 2.5, so I got the lottie dottie. But those guys, my best friends, you know, I, gosh, I spent so much time with those guys. And, but, again, I could spend, I'm not going to spend all day reminiscing about uh, how you've impacted me, but ultimately, the truth is God is in control. He is, uh, you know, I can't remember, someone talked to me about it last night, and they said, you know, it was Laura. Laura was saying, your life gives you every excuse to be a knucklehead. And I said, I am a knucklehead. I just, you know, in a different way. I'm a spiritual knucklehead. It doesn't make any sense. But, uh, and I thought about it last night, and I was thinking about it, and I'm thinking, I don't know. I, I, you know, and, and I'm not trying to discredit her, because I understand what she was saying. She looks at my life, she goes, I, yeah, I could have been a, a single dad right there. I could have been a single dad to many different women. I could have been on drugs. could have been a drug dealer. could have been a gang member. Um, there, there are so many different ways I could have gone. Um, but God brought me out of this when I was 21. But he was preparing me. He was preparing me. I remember the first time I went to midweek, um, before I was a disciple, I had been studying the Bible. And I walked into midweek, and then I saw everyone that I ever shared with me. In high school, in college, and, every, and in as you know, when I was just working, I saw all these people that had shared their faith with me. And I'm thinking, all you guys go to the same church? <laughs> Instead of thinking, this is weird. I thought, this is God. And because I didn't grow up religious at all, I mean, I, I never opened the Bible until I did a Bible study um, at 21. And then a couple years later, um, I became a teen leader. And I was a team leader for, a team leader twice, once for six months without a car. If anyone's been a team leader, you know that's like crazy. One of my teens didn't have a phone at his house, so I just had to pray that he would be at the place to pick him up on Sunday morning. It was just crazy. Um, but I went to a Magic Mountain service, and I saw this guy, and he looked so familiar. And I just kept going, where did I know you from? Where did I know him from? And I found out. He shared with me when I was 13 years old. And he was a teen leader still then when, when I was 21. And so he had been a teen leader for like eight years. And he was still faithful. And I'm thinking, you shared with me at the basketball courts at Corona Elementary. Boom. And he goes, I remember. And I thought, okay, all right, God, I'm done. I'm done. And you know, I'll share this quick story about my... Gabe talked about that car. I never bragged that it was a good Mustang, okay? He probably wanted to know what kind of car it was and I'll pick him up. But it was a Mustang. It was charcoal. That's being generous. I bought it from a brother who was very generous and gave it to me for a cheap price. Remember one day, um, the oil was leaking. And we were coming home. And we're at the property. And we have to drive up that hill. And, and I'm like, you know, uh, the oil's leaking. Whatever. 
So we're driving, and the car starts smoking. And we're like, we'll just make it to the top of the hill. It was me and Clay. Me and Clay. I don't know if he's here, but we're driving up the hill, and it starts smoking. Then it started really smoking. Smoking was getting inside the car. Black smoke. And so I'm just driving as fast as I can. Because you know there's nowhere to turn on that hill. So we got to the top of the hill. We get out the car, and the car caught on fire. And me and Clay got out of the car, and we're just cracking up, man. We're, we're laughing so hard. I've had some cars. I had an Audi. Anyone remember the Audi that I bought? I bought it from an auction for like 300 bucks. I got, I got my money's worth. The last for like nine months. But that car was crazy. Every time you turn off the car, the radio reset. The windows were power windows, but it didn't work. Uh, the right side passenger window was open about that much. And the left side back seat was open about that much. So in the summers, it was so hot. I would be on the 71 with my door cracked open driving to get some air. And then, if I made, if I made, I tried to avoid U-turns because if I did a U-turn, the heater came on full blast. So I would go in a circle. So whenever you U-turn. And then finally the best car I bought gets wrecked. You know, it's like, come on, man. But, you know, amen. Memories, memories. You know, it's appropriate that Gabe shared about love. I appreciate that. Gabe took out half of my lesson because I was going to read that scripture, but I'm not anymore. Because that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Um, if there's a title you want to give to it, I would call it Love Really. Really? Really, Laura? No, this, this is seriously love because I, I, I just, uh, I appreciate what you said, Gabe. Because I, I've tried to live my life that way. I really have. Um, because that's all I have. I don't really have much else to give. Most of you know. And we talked about me. And thank you for praying for me getting a big boy job. Now I have one. The greatest job in the world. Can you believe that my full-time job is going to be doing this? And reaching out to people. And studying my Bible. And studying with people. I mean, that's... And, and, you know, it's not like they're going, giving me 50 G's a, a year. I mean, but it doesn't matter. Because that's going to be my focus. I'm not going to have to worry about picking up a shift and worrying about somebody giving me a 10% tip. Don't do that, please. I'm just saying. I was a server for four years. 10% don't cut it. Uh, turn to Matthew chapter 22. Um, I remember when I was a young Christian, I stumbled across this, this scripture in uh, Deuteronomy, but I'm going to read... Uh, the version in uh, Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 through 30. We're going to talk about love here. Actually, I'm sorry. I say I did. I said that backwards. I'm sorry. I meant um, 34 through 40. Hearing that Jesus had silent the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert of the law, tested him with this question: Teacher. Which is the greatest commandment of the law? Jesus replied, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love God and love your neighbors as yourself. Now, now everyone knows no one loves you more than you. <laughs> Except for God. We, and, and the calling is for us to love our neighbors. The neighbors in here, the neighbors that we live in our neighborhood, the people we go to school with, the people we work with. To love them as we love ourselves. Not be friendly with them. Uh, love them. And I truly believe I've tried this as, as much as I could. And, and I want to ask us to continue to do that. I feel so loved by you all here. It's not even funny. You know, it's funny because I look at myself and I see, you know, average height, chocolate complexion. I heard I had good eyebrows. I heard that the other night. You know, you know snaggle tooth, buck tooth, whatever you want to call it. But you all look at me like, like, like I'm, I'm all right. Like you're, you're, you're a good guy and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, that's only because of love. I mean, you know, we have, you have your kids. You look at your kids and they're the most beautiful child you've ever seen. That's how I feel when I'm here. And that's how we should feel with each other. It's the fact that we love each other that deeply where, well, we'll read a scripture about that. But we love each other so much that it, it exemplifies God's love for us. You know, and this is the greatest command. The greatest command is to love God and then love each other. I know we can do that. I know we have been doing that. But I want to call us to continue to do that. But not only do it with ourselves in the church, but do it with our friends. We need to love our friends, I mean, deeply. They need to, they need to feel loved. One of the most encouraging things, and, and it's been so encouraging this last month, one of the encouraging things for me to go to work and have people crying because I'm leaving Wood Ranch. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out of here, man. But the friendships, and, they, and, they, and my friends tell me, you know, you, you make me feel loved and special. And I'm thinking, that makes me feel good. Because that's what I was trying to do. Um, and so that's what I'm asked us to do, to love by the greatest command. Turn to First Peter chapter 4. Oh yeah, we're doing good. First Peter chapter 4. In verse 7, it reads, The end of all things is near. I'm going to stop right there because a lot of you know, and you think I'm joking when I say these things, but I'm dead serious when I say, hey, God willing, I make it to Chattanooga. God willing, I come back here and visit on holidays. But who knows? I mean, when I went out there, the brother said, hey, bro, don't go to the hills. I was like, what? That's our laughing. They're like, no, seriously, don't go to the hills. You might end up missing. And just to let you know, those of us who are native Californians, it is different. There's not a lot of this going on. 
I mean, we have every race up in here right now. I mean, you look around, we have, we have every race and then some made-up ones in this room. <laughs> Out there, you're either white or Caucasian, I don't know the right, you know, black or African-American, and that's how it is. And you know what? There, there's a couple studying the Bible out there who said that they can't find a church because they're an interracial couple. That's where I'm going. <laughs> so don't be surprised to hear about, um, you know, uh, disciples today about the death of Wendell Scoggins. That was sharing my faith. I'll be dead with my Bible in my hand like, ah. Because I won't be sad. I'll be gone. I'll be with God. Now, I'm not going to go to the hills. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and they mixed in with that. Don't go to the hills and don't go to Walmart after 11 p.m. I was like, what? That's weird. Okay. I love Walmart. And I usually shop there after 11. Not anymore. <laughs> Back to verse 7. The end, of, the end of all things is near. It's coming. Whether it's next week, next month, next year, ten years from now, it's coming. And, and this isn't to scare you. This is to motivate us to love deeply. Because, listen, if tomorrow doesn't come, will you regret today? We can't regret today. We have to say what we need to say. Tell the people we love that we love. Tell them. That's fine. Let go of that pride. Sometimes we let pride get in the way of some, some important things. Because we don't want to seem mushy or sensitive or soft. Tell a brother, Brothers, tell the other brothers you love them. That's fine. It's all right. Because the end is near. And I tell you what. If tomorrow, if tomorrow, like, this is what I always think about when I'm in an argument with someone. I think, what if, what if I die on the way home and I never get a chance to apologize? And I think about those things, I try to call them really quick. <laughs> because it, it's, it's no reason that we should live that way. No reason at all. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in his various forms. Love each other deeply. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And now we know what really covers our sins is Jesus' blood. That gives us the opportunity to be sinless. But you know, when we love people, we don't see their sins. We don't. We shouldn't. Maybe that's a good indicator of whether you're really loving someone or not. If you're seeing them and all you see is their sins, maybe you don't love them. Maybe you don't. But if you can see someone and you know their sin in their life, but you still love them, regardless, that's the love that covers over the sins. Because it doesn't matter. Because you sin, I sin, we all do. And we need to look at each other with that love so that we're all clear. One of the greatest things we've done here is share with each other. When we share with each other, it kind of reminds us of how God thinks of us. 
Because I can forget. And then I hear you say these encouraging things to me. I'm thinking, man, God thinks I'm pretty cool. And he must because he's sending me way out there. And that's something I have to come to grasp with because I'm thinking, why am I going out to Chattanooga? Why me? Did you, did you know how big their singles ministry is, Chattanooga? Well, now. <laughs> you know how big their campus ministry is? It's the same person. And so I'm not going out there with an established group to go and, you know, fire them up. They're asking me to come and start something. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, is there any way I can bring Laura? Because without Laura, I tell you, I love our singles ministry. I'm going out there because of you. I really am. You guys picked me up so much. You've tolerated my silliness. (laughs) You've tolerated my preaching. (laughs) You've, you know, I forget so much that you don't even know I forget because Laura always reminds me. (laughs) But because... What happened in our singles ministry, I believe, is why I'm going. And let me tell you what happened in singles ministry. Everyone began to play. Everyone started doing their part. Everyone started getting involved. Everyone took ownership of that singles ministry. And that's why, you know, people are coming. I mean, we, the, the funny thing is, the people that have been getting baptized in singles, we haven't even been sharing with them. Become, everywhere else, God is going, hey, let me, let me bring you someone from over here, over here, over here. And we're just taking care of them. And why is that? Because everyone's doing their part. And so when you say, oh, man, there's a huge void in the singles, not really. Not really. We're well equipped here in the East to take care of that. Don't worry about that. God's going to take care of that, and so will you. And that's something that I believe with all my heart, or else I wouldn't go. But I feel confident in leaving because I'm like, you know, God's going to take care of it got some awesome, incredible uh, campus students raising up. They're going to come up and, and eventually graduate, get a job, and then go to the singles. Don't stay in the campus till you're 30. I know Josh will probably want you to, but that's the thing. We're, we're raising these guys up so they can come up and we can continue to build up the teens. It's, it's just cyclical. We've got to work our way, teens, work your way through to the campus, singles, eventually, God willing, get married, and then we all go to heaven and party. But the thing is, please love deeply. And when you love deeply, you'll cover over the sins that you may or may not see in each other. Because I really feel that. I believe that. Um, I really believe that you have overlooked my sins. And you know, right now, I do want to take this opportunity to apologize uh, to people that I need to. I mean, if I've hurt you in any way, I'm sorry. It was never on purpose, I promise you that. And even for the past. I know we don't talk about it as much, but there, there are still people that are coming back and being restored because of what happened in the past. 
And for the behalf of the East Region, I want to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the things that we may have done that hurt you. But the thing is, I, I don't know if I read it or heard it from Gordon Ferguson, but he said, love the church, warts and all. Meaning, we're a bunch of imperfect people. But we're family. Um, do we have it all figured out completely? No. Are we trying our best? Absolutely. And that's the way it's going to go until Jesus comes back so we die. I believe that. Okay, turn over to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father, for whom his family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is work at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And I read this because it's, it was encouraging to see that love even surpasses knowledge. As much as we learn, as much as we study the Bible and, and try to gain our knowledge, love surpasses all of that. And like Gabe read, we can, have, we can have all these things, but if you have not love, it's not worth anything. It's not worth nothing. What I'm trying to say is, let's continue to love. Let's love each other. Let's love each other deeply. Let's love each other the way Christ loved us. And let's love each other the way we want to be loved ourselves. And you know, there's power in love. There's so much power in love. I mean, we can overcome so much just by reaching out and giving someone your heart. That's just all you need to do. You may not feel like you have anything to give, but I promise you, you have much to give. But if there's anything you can give right now is your heart, every time. And I know it's scary, because I promise you one thing. Someone's going to hurt you. More than likely, it's going to be a disciple. Because we're imperfect. And we do things, and we hurt each other, but then we continue to love. We persevere. We continue to go through it. And I feel like my background allows me to do that. I've had to survive. I've had to learn how to love under the craziest conditions. And now, we all need to continue to do the same. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? 
Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This, then, is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Let's love with action. We can all say, I love you, I care for you, you're awesome, you're great, bro. But let's do it in our lives. Let's show it to people. Because what's going to happen is people are going to come and see how much we love each other, and they're going to go, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. But not just do it, let's not give love lip service. Let's really love each other. I mean, let's, let's give that a shot. Can we do that? It says... This is the part I love right here. It says, uh, and, and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence whenever our hearts condemn us. We know when we're not loving. Because the spirit in us goes, ah, oh, that wasn't loving. That, that wasn't good. Your heart condemns you. So there's no excuse. There's no excuse for us not to be loving because our hearts feel it. And I, when your heart feels that, turn around and repent and be loving. Um, when you say something harsh and you know you probably shouldn't have said it, apologize and tell that person you love them. When you do something that hurts someone's feelings, whether you meant it or not, we need to apologize and show them that we love them. You know, I was sick this week. I, um, probably from running around and hanging out with everybody all the time. But I, I woke up Tuesday morning. And I almost fell when I got up out of the bed because I had a cold and also, I, you know, vertigo. I've had that for like the last few days. And if you don't know what vertigo is, you can try it outside to spin around 20 times and then try to walk. That's what it is. You, you have no sense of balance. Your equilibrium is way off. And, I, you know, I, I literally almost fell. And so I was sick. And then, you know, I told Laura... And so Tuesday night, what ends up at my door is two big grocery bags with soup, crackers, Dramamine, NyQuil pills, and most importantly, cookies. (laughs) Now, I was encouraged by the soup because I needed it. I was encouraged by the NyQuil and I was especially encouraged by the Dramamine. But I tell you, boy, those cookies hit the spot. And why does she do that? Not because she loves me. She showed her love in action. She went to the store, got those things to take care of me. I didn't ask her to bring cookies, but she knows me and loves me. She goes, who else probably going to want some cookies? <laughs> now, I really would have flipped if she brought some honey buns or something. I would have lost it. <laughs> but she knows I love pastry, so that, that was sufficient. But the thing is, True love was given to us by Christ. Uh, he died on the cross for us. And we're going to have uh, communion in a moment. But just a reminder of what love really is. Yes, it's action. Yes, it's verbalizing it. Yes, it's bringing over soup. Yes, it's hanging out to 2 a.m. playing NCAA with your made-up Cal Poly team. Uh, it's a lot of those things. It's salsa dancing tonight, if anyone's interested. But love is dying. Love is dying to yourself. Love is dying for others.
And I hope, I really, really hope that you understand how grateful I am for you all. Um, this is my family. And, uh, you know, some people are saying, it's Wendell's last service. So don't say that. I want to come back and visit. It's like, can I come back and visit? Give me a break. God willing. You know, it might, you know, I might not, you know, I'm not going to say it. But I just want to say thank you. I love you very much. And I pray, and I do pray this, that we see each other soon. Thank you for all your prayers. I know you believe that things are going to work great out there, but you know what? They're going to work great because you continue to pray for them because God's going to do it. He's going to use me in what ways? I don't know because I don't even know what I'm going to do when I get out there. But just pray that God works because I believe he's going to work some incredible things. Love you.